Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and my guest today is Aniko Ball, who is a dentist in Melbourne, Australia. She is also in her final year of training at the Melbourne Alexander School to become a teacher of the Alexander Technique, and she is very, very interested in presenting the technique uh, globally at dental congresses and teaching Alexander principles applied to clinical dentistry. And we're going to talk today about how the Alexander Technique can be helpful for dentists and and also for hygienists. Uh, Aniko, welcome to the show. Uh, Good morning, Robert. It's morning in Australia, and it's a pleasure to be talking with you. Well, it's a real pleasure to talk to you, too, because I've seen some of your material online, and I I think you're doing fantastic uh, work in this field. Could I get you to um, start by just giving our listeners a very short description of the Alexander Technique? Yes, so I really like the Mayo Clinic's definition, which is undoing the unhelpful. So when I talk to anyone, I talk about undoing harmful movement and posture patterns. Mm-hmm. And I consider the Alexander Technique, as um, Richard Brennan says in his wonderful book, the user guide or the instruction manual for the body because it doesn't mm-hmm. come with one. Mm-hmm. And I like that definition of undoing the unhelpful. It's it's a it's really um, figuring out what you're doing that's getting in the way, and then learning how to stop doing it, which is a very different approach, I think, than most uh, most people who work with posture and movement. Usually, they want you to do some more things. That's right. Yeah, which <laughs> yes. is which. Yeah, which is quite different from ours. So um, you've been a dentist for for thirty years, and at some almost point, oh, almost forty. I must almost say. forty. Oh my goodness! Um, <laughs> and um, uh, at some point, you discovered the Alexander technique. How did that come about? And what what were some of your early experiences with it? Well, Robert, I have a wonderful story to share about that. So over 30 years, I suffered from neck, back, shoulder, lower back, sciatica, arm pain. I lost sensation to my fingers, and I tried everything, all conventional medicine, specialists, physical therapists. And about seven years ago, when I was feeling like a 100-year-old woman, and I was on the verge of giving up dentistry and felt terrible, I actually prayed for help. And three days after, and I wasn't into praying at that time, mm-hmm. I, I, I stumbled upon a book in a bookstore book that um, talked about uh, the Alexander Technique. And I just felt that that was the answer to my prayers. Immediately, just reading the introduction to the book, Effortless Pain Relief by Dr. Ingrid Bacci, mm-hmm. I, I realized that there was something I could do as I was standing in agony to soften my, around the, my hip joints. And I thought, this is for me. Within a week, I was having Alexander lessons with one of my dental patients who mentioned the technique, but it went in one ear and out the other pri- previously. Mm-hmm. And in my second Alexander lesson, when I learned to um, release um, around the uh, top of the spine and the eyes follow uh, eyes uh, 
lead head follower's body follows, my neck, which hadn't been able to turn, or my head rather, I couldn't move my neck for about 30 years, was able to turn. And physiotherapists and osteopaths tried to stretch me and do all kinds of things. And I, I had a miraculous moment in my second Alexander lesson. So that kind of sold you on the technique, I guess. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It, I then had lots of lessons. Mm-hmm. And also I started going into the Melbourne Alexander School for any weekend workshop, anything they had when I could go. And I, I was never planning to do the training. Mm-hmm. I was so envious of trainees who were training, but I thought I'll never have the time. Well, three years later, and I was reading books and and attending all these workshops, it came to a point where I couldn't not do the training anymore. Mm -hmm. So, Robert, I gave up two days of clinical practice to do the training part-time over four years. Mm -hmm. I was the first trainee that the Australian um, Alexander Association actually allowed to do it part-time over four years. Right, and right. it was it was the best decision in my life. <laughs> right. Well, I'm glad they they um, changed that rule or made an exception because that would have been very difficult, I assume, for you to do the full time training and still work as a dentist. Be be impossible, I, I, really. Yeah. It, it it that that that's why I never even considered right. doing the training, and then suddenly it became an option. And and the reason why I did the training, Robert, is that I decided that I suffered for so long. Um, my life was a misery, really, with all the pain. Mm-hmm. And now I've got my life back. I'm even doing yoga. I feel so well. And and I wanted to share this and teach this to dentists around the world. I, I want to spread a global message that dentists don't have to suffer in order to do clinical dentistry. And same for hygienists. Mm-hmm. What I didn't realize, Robert, was that even after all those lessons for several years, I myself was going to get so much benefit out of doing the training. Mm-hmm. Well, certainly being on an Alexander training course is one way to get a lot of Alexander work for yourself, right? So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, when when I think of dentists and dental hygienists, and I've known probably in my life uh, a half dozen dentists and maybe more hygienists, Several of them have mentioned in passing that they were in pain. It hasn't come up, doesn't come up all the time, but occasionally they will say something like they, they're suffering from low back pain or shoulder pain or neck pain. And when I think about what a dentist or a hygienist has to do, which is, as I as I see it, uh, sort of bending over patients, and doing very precise work in the mouth. And even with the fancy new lenses that I see they're all using, it's still there it's still not a very easy position to work in well, right? I mean oh. it's extreme seems extremely challenging to me. You you hit the nail on the head, Robert. So the first part is that we do have to carry out very precise work, mm-hmm. which requires a great deal of attention. Then there are extra levels of challenges and, and stresses. We usually work on patients who are somewhat afraid, if not terrified. Mm-hmm. Um, 
We use high-speed, sharp rotating instruments, which can do a lot of damage if we're not careful. So we are kind of in hypervigilance mode mm-hmm. and ready to step off a foot control at any moment, which means that not only are we twisting sideways and bending and crushing the spine and doing things that are definitely not cooperating with design, but we also have a, a foot on a pedal which has to be on their great control. So we're pulling into the hip joint and, and I had a lot of sciatica pain and of course, lower back pain is very common. Mm-hmm. I have to figure, um, because I, I have already presented at a, an Australian Dental Congress, uh, 87% of dentists are in, in pain worldwide mm-hmm. and 96% of dental hygienists are in pain worldwide. So this is alarming statistic. That's, a, that's an extremely high number. Uh, I mean, that's even higher than professional musicians, which is already pretty high. You know, that's, a, that's an extraordinarily high n- level number of people who are, who are in pain as, as part of their job. It is, and Robert, what's really alarming is that the figures, world research shows that dental students, before they even graduate, 70% are in pain, and 65% of dental hygiene students are already in pain before Mm -hmm. they even graduate. So the profession is in big trouble, and Mm -hmm. of course, um, using the high magnification loops mm-hmm. adds extra weight at the front of the head of course and, yeah yeah and very narrow vision so we have a we have a lot of problems and and what i see that is a great problem in the first place is that we don't learn to take care of ourselves as we take care of the patient i learned to do a very complex job regardless of what I did to my body. And I I often talk about twisting ourselves into a pretzel in order to do the work. Mm. And I have to say, I didn't know about the pedal. uh, I had no idea. Being being in the dental chair myself, I don't think I ever paid attention to that. So one foot has to be on a pedal at all times when you're doing drilling and stuff like that? Yes. The foot pedal controls the... Um, that's the on and off switch. Mm-hmm. It's also it, it. There are various positions for the foot pedal, but essentially, a very sharp, high, highly rotating um, drill is operated by a foot pedal. And the second the tongue, the lip, something moves, you got to step off it. So you can imagine the hypervigilance that has to accompany that. Right, and then of course the as you said. Uh, a lot of a lot of patients are afraid of dentists or dentistry. I'm very fortunate that I've never had a bad experience, and I usually just relax. But but that that uh, anxiety of your patients is going to carry over onto you, right? Oh, hugely. Look, this may not be part of the conversation we're having, but I need to mention that the suicide rate among dentists is among the highest in the world, and I trained in in dental hypnosis and relaxation to look after myself and my patients because I found out about this in my final year of dentistry. And I thought, my goodness, what profession am I going into? I didn't even know about the physical pain. Mm-hmm. I just knew about the stress levels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you talk to dentists and hygienists, what 
how do you how do, what do you say to them that will resonate with them directly uh, what what language do you use and just just could you give like a little short example of the kind of things that you would tell them Yes, so this is a very good question because the way to talk about the Alexander technique to the dental world is different to some other fields. Mm -hmm. And so I I talk about the Alexander technique as evidence-based and Mm cause-oriented. And these are the catchwords for talking to doctors, dentists, anyone with a scientific background Mm -hmm. because unfortunately... If I just said, look, I got well using the Alexander technique, that's considered anecdotal evidence. Mm -hmm. That is not scientific evidence-based practice. So luckily, we now have a number of brilliant studies that show the effectiveness of the Alexander technique. And so in my presentations and even in discussions, I talk about that. Would you like me to mention the four major studies? I would assume that you... Uh, mentioned the, I believe it's a 2008 uh, British Medical Journal uh, study of, yes. of back pain and the Alexander Technique. It was yes. a study sponsored by the National Health Service in England, and their interest in this was cutting cutting costs, uh, saving money, and they but they discovered. Um, well, if you, how about why don't, why, why don't you summarize that study? That yes, so the study. reason why, and by the way, I recommend to any Alexander teacher who wants to approach the scientific world to be conversant with these studies. Mm-hmm. So this is a significant study because it's termed randomized crossover study. So it's a large number mm-hmm. and over many, many practices, 64 practices in England. Mm-hmm. And, and the Alexander technique was found to be highly effective even a year after the lessons were given. There was, a, I think, an 87% reduction in the days of pain mm-hmm. for the year. So compared to regular GP care, mm-hmm. uh, patients were experiencing 21 out of 28 days of pain. After 24 lessons, it went down to three days out of 28. This is significant and, of course, great improvement in quality of life Mm -hmm. and various other determinants. So this is a significant study. The next one I talk about in my presentations is the um, study that was conducted in Bristol, the outpatient pain clinic. Mm -hmm. Yes. Followed by, so, and then there is another very important study, and I'm sure you're familiar with this, is the one that was done in Cincinnati teaching yes. um, mm-hmm. urologists, pediatric urology surgeons, Alexander lessons. And there was a significant reduction in, in um, um, fatigue and improved ergonomics. Now, this is significant for dentistry because the static postures that urology surgeons hold during minimally invasive surgery is comparable to the static postures that dentists and dental hygienists hold. Mm-hmm. And this is this is a very significant study. And in fact, starting next year, I intend to do something similar to that study with dentists mm-hmm. because it's necessary for us to publish research to spread the word. Mm-hmm. And I think in passing, we might might be worth saying that surgeons um, uh, have 
some of those same kind of issues that we've been talking about for dentists. They're often uh, they're they're in odd positions, doing very precise work for often for quite long periods of time. Yes, yes, and in fact, once I spread the word in the in field of dentistry, that is the next area that I'm keen to also uh, spread the word. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, go ahead. Uh, there was one more study. The fourth mm-hmm. study is the one, the Spanish study, where organizations were assessed where the Alexander technique has already been taught as a preventative tool. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with that? I, I'm, I am, yes. Mm-hmm. And so I, I talked about these four studies as a, as a context for introducing the Alexander technique as, as an effective evidence-based approach. But the next thing that I really like to talk about is cause-oriented. And cause-oriented is a term we use in dentistry where we deal with the cause, not the symptom. And often when I've talked to anyone about the Alexander Technique, people say, oh, I'm fine. I regularly see my osteopath and my physio and I have weekly massages. And I say to them that, yes, they are all great. However, they are dealing with the symptom, not the cause. And in my presentations, I show a leaky roof. I'm an person who uses a lot of metaphors. It comes from my indirect hypnosis training. Mm -hmm. And I show a slide of someone catching the water with a bucket Mm -hmm. and changing the wet carpet. Mm -hmm. Or or the next slide is is showing a person going up to the on the roof and and fixing the roof. Right. And that's And that's a perfect analogy, really, isn't it? It is because I didn't know that I had all these faulty movement and posture patterns. I I was told I had great posture. When I started having Alexander lessons, I I knew why I had been in pain. I was literally driving my body in the wrong gear. And that is another wonderful metaphor that I use is that if you drive your car uphill in a high gear fast mm-hmm. or down the freeway at 100 kilometers um, in a low gear, mm-hmm. you're going to have a lot of uh, expensive uh, engine repair. And so we can work with the design of the car. We can work with the design of the body. And so I consider the Alexander Technique the user guide. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a very nice phrase to describe it. Is there anything else that you would like to say to dentists or hygienists who are listening to this? Yes. um, So one of my mottos is take care of yourself Mm. as you are taking care of your patients. You are your most precious instrument and, and you need to take momentary breaks. I call them micro pauses where you check and see what you're doing with yourself are you bending from your joints that are designed for bending? Is your head over the top of your spine? Uh, are your feet on the ground? Are you sitting in a balanced position? And I highly recommend taking Alexander lessons with the nearest Alexander teacher you can find because you, you will look after yourself in ways that you never thought was possible. And I think it's worth saying that the, the the skills that you learn with an Alexander teacher that you can apply to yourself um, can be done without really taking any time away from what you're doing. They're, they're, they can be brought to bear as you're working or perhaps, as you say, these micro 
a micro pause here and there where you just kind of come back to yourself mentally. But they don't, they're not a big deal once you learn them. They're, they're, I mean, they're not a big deal to use, but they do require a, a kind of a level, a, a bit of mindfulness on, on your part about yourself. Very much so, Robert, and I, I like to think in terms of um, an expanded field of attention, mm-hmm. being aware of yourself as you are aware and focused on your patient, mm-hmm. and there is that toing and froing. So the micropause is just coming back to yourself even for a moment and taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And yes, and, and yeah. that, that is, to me, that is the greatest form of mindfulness that we can practice. Mm-hmm. Well, that might be a good place to bring our conversation to an end, unless there's something you want to add. Well, there is one more thing that any Alexander teachers who are listening, Mm -hmm. I I invite you to collaborate with me in future. My aim is to present at various congresses, dental congresses around the world, simply to bring the, uh, the tremendous transformative impact of the Alexander Technique to the attention of the dental world. Mm -hmm. And I would also like to run some introductory workshops teaching in clinical activity. And I would love to have local Alexander teachers join me there so I can introduce them and they can continue the work after I leave so that they can keep on teaching dentists and dental hygienists who are in desperate need. Yeah. And I will also be presenting on this at the Limerick Congress. So it'll be my pleasure to meet interested Alexander teachers. We are a challenging bunch to work with. Mm-hmm. However, we are. we are in desperate need. <laughs> yeah, and just for our listeners who may not be familiar with it, you're referring to a kind of worldwide meeting of Alexander teachers in Ireland uh, this summer and we're talking in 2015. Yeah, well, I, this I think this would be a good place to bring our conversation to a close, if that's okay with you. Yes, thank you very much. So let me just repeat that my, my guest today uh, has been Aniko Ball, an, an, Alex, an almost Alexander Technique teacher in Melbourne. Um, who? When will you be graduating? In November. So as of November 2015, she will be teaching. And I assume you're doing some practice teaching now. Is that right? Yes. Under, uh, under there is a student clinic um, mm-hmm. at, at the school. However, I've already presented mm-hmm. at a major dental congress and convention right. in Australia mm-hmm. in preparation for what I will be doing through Optimum Dental Posture. Yes, and I was going to mention that I'll, I'll include by the interview a link to Anika's website, which is really all about, uh, well, it's called Optimal Dental Posture, and I'll put a link to that. And certainly, if you're in the Melbourne, Australia area, contact her through her site. I will also put a link to a website that will enable you to find an Alexander teacher anywhere in the world and has more sort of general information about the Alexander technique. Oh, so, thank you. So, Aniko, thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure, Robert.